0: Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, our goal is to dig deep and find the resilience within as we aim to navigate healing with a positive mindset. It is a fact of neurology that the brain cannot be in a state of appreciation and a state of fear at the same time. The two states may alternate, but are mutually exclusive. But how can you find gratitude and positivity when facing the fear of the unknown? Whether you've been delivered an unwelcome diagnosis, struggling to transition to a healthier lifestyle, or facing the inevitable aging process, research suggests that a positive mindset can have tangible effects on physical health and healing but breaking down is hard and upsetting and why common sentiments for get well soon cards include patience looking at the brighter side and a speedy recovery with any process though there are always ups and downs and an ample supply of setbacks which can certainly test your resolve so hang in there Our goal is to connect to some of these thoughts to let you know you aren't alone and to give you some strategies that might illuminate the dark spots and give you motivation to move forward when you feel stuck. I wanted to cover this topic as I continue to dig deep to fuel my own resilience. Before I share my own struggles, let me put things into perspective. I am beyond blessed. Besides three surgeries to bring my wonderful children into the world and one surgery to end that stage of life, I've been extremely healthy my whole life. Besides two vitamin gummies a day, I'm fortunate not to be in need of any medication. I rarely get sick, and I'm almost always in a good mood. Very blessed. For 15 years, though, I have dealt with back and neck issues. Now, I wish I had an incredible story to go along with these injuries, like fighting crime and saving the world, but I don't. I have sat myself to death. Once a dancer, outside sales rep, and even a personal trainer. Since 2002, I've sat at a desk doing software sales, marketing, and management. Technology is so convenient bringing the world to you, where you sit but no one really thought of the damage it could do to your body by not forcing you to go out and get it. A complete breakdown in your foundational structure, your spine. Humans are built to stand upright. Your heart and cardiovascular system work more effectively that way. Around 82% of workers spend the majority of their working day seated. For the average desk worker, This is often 9 hours or more. 65% of these people develop musculoskeletal issues like back pain. And I'm not sure how related your vertebrae are. I mean, they sit so close together, and for some, bone on bone. But I'm sure they talk, because when one has a problem, it doesn't take long before others are catching on. Let's start unpacking these ideas, starting with the elephant in the room. Planning for Positivity, Finding the Bright Side When You're Dealing with a Chronic Condition. This is found at Optum.com. Stay Positive. If you live with a chronic condition, you've probably heard it time and again. Well-meaning friends and loved ones often seem to reach for the keep-your-head-up type of response when you express how you're feeling. You're no stranger to worry there are probably days when you're too tired to perform even basic functions. A chronic condition can change your entire lifestyle, and when someone tells you to look on the brighter side, it can feel like empty words. But did you know that there's real merit to keeping a positive outlook? People who can find that silver lining may have better functioning immune systems, according to research from the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. Evidence suggests that your outlook on life can not only put you in a better mood, it can improve your health and even speed up recovery from surgery and some illnesses. Conversely, some researchers think that stress or pessimism can release destructive hormones into the bloodstream, encouraging your brain to focus solely on your problems. But make sure you put on a happy face, not a happy mask. It's true that research finds a connection between health and optimism, but that doesn't mean you're not allowed to feel frustrated. You get to be mad or feel down about your condition. Allow yourself to grieve if you no longer get to do the things that you used to do. Don't let the idea of finding a positive spin invalidate how you really feel. The truth is, for many who are living with a chronic condition, You just aren't feeling the sunny vibes, and that's okay. Angie Ebba, a writer with a chronic condition said, "'On days where my symptoms are especially severe, "'I don't have the ability to put on a happy face "'or gloss over the things going on with me. "'I often worry that if I express the reality "'of what I'm going through, I'll be judged.' "'How are you supposed to find the positive "'if you're made to feel guilty "'for experiencing the negative?' Adding to the stress of your diagnosis, the cost of treatment, medications, side effects, and anything else that may go along with a chronic condition, patients often feel misunderstood and face additional social challenges. So with all these negative emotions piling up, how do you stay positive? Well, remember, it's a process. You have earned the right to grieve. You're allowed to be grumpy. You get to take your time, but when you do feel ready to look for the brighter side, here's some things to help you get on the right track. Define what failure isn't. An important step to feeling more positive is being an advocate for yourself, and that means listening to your body. If you're too tired to do all the things on your to-do list, that doesn't mean you failed. Don't get overwhelmed by what you can't do today, think of ways to help yourself try again tomorrow. When you plan, include breaks and divide tasks into manageable steps. Make a list. Even if you don't make it all the way through your to-do list, checking things off, even minor things, feels good. Not only that, but the simple act of making a list can redirect your focus. Thinking about tasks you want to accomplish can even be motivating. Remember, break your list into manageable chunks to avoid feeling overwhelmed. Evaluate your circle. Surround yourself with the right people. The right people are the ones who allow you to feel like yourself. They're honest with you, make you laugh, and leave you feeling good after you spend time with them. Make sure you let them know how to help you. They may not realize that sometimes a reminder to stay positive just isn't what you need. Evolve your tastes. If you find that some of your past hobbies and pastimes are just too much, look at this as an opportunity to expand your horizons. Cooking, drawing, reading, writing, and even taking care of a pet are all fulfilling ways to spend your time. Get your vitamin D. Whenever possible, find a way to get some sun. Being in nature and enjoying the sunlight are great ways to boost serotonin naturally. Enjoy a meal outdoors, take a stroll, or just sit and focus on the sights, sounds, and smells around you. There's no recipe to happiness, and what works for someone else may not work for you. Keep trying to find the things in life that allow you to feel joy and gratitude. Once you find them, Make sure to include them as part of your routine. Don't rush yourself. Allow yourself the patience to feel what you need to feel. It's not always easy to stay positive, but when you're ready, you'll find that silver lining. Here's a struggle. I find rating pain or how I'm feeling very difficult for many reasons. I know my loved ones care about me I mean, I know when they ask me every day how I'm doing or how I'm feeling, I know it's coming from a place of love, and I don't want to let anyone down. I want to remain positive. But how do you do that when you're either worse or you don't have any change at all? I mean, no change means I'm not moving in the desired direction, right? So does that mean that my treatments or whatever I'm doing has failed? Uh, If that happens, then maybe we're going to chart a new course too soon before giving it ample time to work. I also hate complaining. Now, my husband might laugh at that, but seriously, I'm not a complainer. I also have a hard time showing weakness. I mean, I'm an encouragementologist. I'm supposed to be up. I'm supposed to be pouring into other people. How can I be weak and having a bad day And make others feel better. I also know that others are dealing with far more than myself. I see that in my own family, my close friend circle. Anywhere I look, I see that people are dealing with something. And so I feel bad for having a bad day because I know that they're struggling more. And with that comes guilt and shame. Guilt for not taking better care of myself. How did I not know better? How did I not take steps to intercept this type of breakdown in my body? For me, my back issues started in my 30s with a sacroiliac strain. It was so bizarre. I was in great shape. I was probably thinner than I ever have been. I was out and about. I was doing outside pharmaceutical sales. I was in great shape. I was working out and I stepped out of bed and I had a strain that easily. And within a week, I was hunched over walking like an old woman. For that, I had to go in and I had to get some steroid injections and some a steroid pack, I believe, is what I took. And I got over that. But I remember something the doctor said. Once you have that strain. You can always strain it again. Well, he was right. I did strain it again. But then throughout those years, I also had a lot of stiffness in my lower back and a lack of mobility. Boy, bending over, (laughs) we certainly take that for granted when we're able to do it. And now having the stiffness and not being able to really reach things or without pain, is difficult, it's a setback, and the lower back pain just continued. Now, I guess I didn't know enough about it then to know that I'm gonna need to make some radical changes in my lifestyle. Instead, instead, I kept working my desk job. Now, I wouldn't say that I lived a sedentary lifestyle by any means, I mean, I'm always on the go, but sitting for a workday and typing at a computer has not done me any favors. I ended up herniating a bulging disc in my back that led to some severe sciatic pain. I dealt with that down my left leg for about a year. When finally, I went to the emergency room not being able to feel my hands or my feet to find out that it definitely was herniated and it wasn't going back. So I opted for surgery in a desperate attempt to alleviate that sciatic pain. But what happens with surgery, especially surgery of the back, it can lead to more breakdown. So yes, next moment I woke up from surgery without sciatic pain. Thank you. That was liberating. Since that surgery, I was pain-free for about 10 years. And then I had the little pain starting to resurface. Luckily, no sciatic pain. Thank you for that. But I was having some more breakdown in my back. At the same time, I started feeling numbness in my left hand and stiffness in my neck. Come to find out, that was breaking down too. Whew. Oh boy, it's time to dig deep. This isn't about faking it until you make it. This is about uncovering and unearthing the power you have within. Elizabeth Perry shares more info on hardship and the mind-body connection, the effects of low resilience found at betterup.com. So what does it mean to be resilient? The answer will be different for everyone. We each have our own experiences and overcome challenges unique to our lives. No one walks through life hoping to lose their jobs, have a life-threatening illness, or live through a pandemic. But when adversity strikes, we find a way through it. Perhaps you're currently going through something difficult right now. It may have slashed your confidence, leaving you uncertain about the future. But you're more than capable of resilience. Humans didn't survive thousands of years of being non-adaptable. You carry those skills with you. You just have to let them shine. If you don't, you put yourself at risk for serious health consequences. Mental and physical health are intimately linked, and letting adversity get to you can cause everything from depressive symptoms to heartburn. It's important to understand the mind-body connection and how it plays into the effects of low resilience. Resilience is a combination of protective factors, including your ability to withstand, overcome, and bounce back from difficult life events. This doesn't mean stressful situations won't affect you, quite the contrary. You'll still feel all the negative emotions and types of stress, but with more resilience, you can work through those feelings and avoid psychological distress. There are four types of resilience each corresponding to a different area of your life. 1. Psychological Resilience It's the ability to motivate yourself to do something difficult. For example, running every day to train for a half marathon, writing a whole book while also working a full-time job. Number 2. Emotional Resilience This refers to your ability to conjure positive emotions when you need them, like optimism, curiosity, or joy, like encouraging your team through a difficult project, making the best of your recovery time after an injury. Number three, social resilience. This is the ability to reach out to others for help. It's also about being the kind of person who others don't mind supporting. Some examples of this would be asking friends for encouragement before you head into a job interview considering and accepting difficult advice from people who care about you. And number four, physical resilience. This refers to the capacity to overcome physical challenges, like beating your weightlifting goal at the gym or helping a friend move a couch down a narrow staircase. Don't call me anytime soon, I'm just saying. Life has many blessings, but you'll never completely avoid hardship. Some challenges will be relatively minor, and others may be disastrous. When adversity strikes, keeping a resilient mindset allows you to tackle problems head-on, overcome them, and move on. It prevents you from being overwhelmed and encourages healthy coping mechanisms. It also helps you tap into your strengths and support networks to rebuild after experiencing pain, hardship, and suffering. There are a few reasons why people have low resilience. Thankfully, low resilience doesn't have to be a permanent condition. With regular practice of mental fitness exercises, you can build resilience and other core psychological resources, just like going to the gym to build strength and physical fitness. Here are things that might be affecting your resilience levels. Childhood experiences. Being consistently overwhelmed as a child and lacking a strong support system are good predictors for unhealthy coping strategies and a low tolerance for change. Lack of social support. Even if you had a healthy childhood, you might feel overwhelmed if you don't currently receive emotional validation from loved ones. Your family members, friends, and colleagues should help you feel supported. Unrealistic plans. Setting unachievable goals can set you up for failure and disappointment. Lower resilience often stems from taking on too much, too fast, and setting yourself up for failure. Low self-esteem. If you don't have faith in yourself or your abilities, you're less likely to adapt gracefully to stressful situations. Some side effects of low self-esteem also include mental illness such as anxiety, stress, loneliness, and an increased likelihood of depression. Emotional regulation. If you've never learned how to process your emotions or seek help to work through them, you're more likely to be overwhelmed when challenged. Low resilience often leads to higher levels of stress, which is why both conditions share similar symptoms. These include behavioral changes like changing your eating habits, smoking, drinking, or other substances, avoiding colleagues, friends, and family, overreacting to minor problems. You may also experience emotional symptoms in reaction to adverse events like being irritable, mood swings, anxiety, disappointment with yourself, tearfulness or aggression, lack of motivation, low energy levels. From a physical standpoint, you may experience fatigue, nausea, muscle pains and aching, and palpitations. Your cognitive functions may also take a hit, leading to indecision, Easily losing concentration, having difficulty remembering, being easily confused. Low resilience increases your susceptibility to stress. This, in turn, can lead to long-term health consequences. Stress is your body's reaction to a real or perceived danger. When you have low resilience, your response to a stressor is more intense causing the release of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline throughout your body. These hormones increase your heart rate, tighten your blood vessels, and raise your blood sugar. If you frequently experience these symptoms or experience them for extended periods of time, you open yourself up to several unfavorable health conditions like mental exhaustion, a lowered immune system, heart disease and cardiovascular problems, high blood pressure, diabetes, burnout, weight gain, cognitive impairment. High resilience helps with stress management. It reduces your reaction to stressors, thus lowering your stress response and risk of long-term health consequences. Unsurprisingly, 75% of American workers say stress is their number one workplace health concern. And for those who lack resilience, Stress can seriously reduce their sense of worth, attitude towards their job, and work performance. And let's be real work can be stressful. But it doesn't have to be, so it's important to increase your level of resilience at work. It'll improve your well being and make you a more valuable candidate to prospective employers. Some of the top skills valued by companies are related to resilience. They want people who are adept at complex problem solving. Creativity and innovation, emotional intelligence, cognitive flexibility, self-efficacy. These skills can help you adapt to complex challenges, work more collaboratively with your team, and ultimately reduce the impact of stress on your well-being. Isn't that what it's all about? But humans naturally tend toward negativity. We often remember traumatic events more clearly than positive ones, dwell on criticism rather than praise. Think about negative things more often than positive ones. React more strongly to negative events than hopeful ones. You can think evolution for this cognitive function. Historically, it keeps us alert to potential dangers and increases our chances of survival. But nowadays, our negativity bias is much less helpful. It can hurt you in many areas, including your resilience. When you focus on something bad that happened, the chances are that it wasn't a life or death situation. The unfair criticism you received at work, the rude customer at the coffee shop, the spilled water on your shirt, these are valid annoyances, but they won't kill you. Even if it feels like the end of the world, you can persevere. You know, dwelling on these negative events gives them undue weight in your life. It gives them power This only increases your stress levels when reframing your thoughts would be much healthier. So, to do this, you might have to change a few things. Number 1. Avoid all or nothing thinking. Be careful not to see everything as a strict success or failure. For example, spilling water is indeed annoying, but it shouldn't have a bearing on the rest of your day. Look for the positive. It might sound cliche, but disregarding positive experiences only justifies hurtful thought patterns. Look for positive things that happen to you. There are more than you think. Tame your emotions. You're allowed to be annoyed, angry, or sad, but don't draw conclusions about your life based on these emotions. Like most feelings, they will drift away as quickly as they came. Don't jump to conclusions. It's easy to make assumptions, but you likely don't have the details to accurately assess the situation. So next time someone cuts you off on the highway, try to think of the whole picture. Their anger has more to do with their own issues than yours. Practice self-compassion. Negative thoughts harm no one more than you. You can acknowledge a bad day while also letting it go. Removing negativity from your mind is an act of self-care. And focus on what you can control. The world is full of things you can't change, so it's no use dwelling on them. Instead, focus on what you can change. This will help you feel more empowered and optimistic. Improving your resilience. You'll invariably encounter hard times on the road to resilience. It's a part of life but by building resilience, you can gracefully take on the challenges that come your way. I don't want another surgery or to take pain medication. So here I sit with six herniated discs, two bulging discs, several annular tears, a cyst on my spine, and a lifetime of activity to go. So where do I go from here? Chronic back pain is pain that persists beyond three months. It's tightly associated with pain management. Not healing or regenerating, but tolerating and relieving pain. I'm just not ready for that. There has to be more. Remember, only you know your body as intimately as you do. Listen to it. Try to shut out what everyone else is saying, even if it sounds impossible. Sit with your own thoughts and listen to your heart, your mind, and your body. We already know that your attitude is directly connected to your health. So keeping a positive attitude is the only way. Again, you can have a pity party. Sure, invite a friend or two. That's fine. Don't stay there. I, for one, believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that if I ask, it will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. From here, I have to imagine myself healthy and whole. Even if I don't see it every day, in reality, I choose to have hope. Hope is commonly used to mean a wish. Its strength is the strength of a person's desire. But in the Bible, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength in His faithfulness. I choose hope. At the National Institute of Health, I found positive emotions and your health, developing a brighter outlook. Do you tend to look on the sunny side, or do you see a future filled with dark and stormy skies? A growing body of research suggests that having a positive outlook can benefit your physical health. NIH-funded scientists are working to better understand the links between your attitude and your body. They're finding some evidence that emotional wellness can be improved by developing certain skills. Having a positive outlook doesn't mean you never feel negative emotions like sadness or anger, This comes from Dr. Barbara L. Fredrickson, a psychologist and expert on emotional wellness at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. All emotions, whether positive or negative, are adaptive in the right circumstances. The key seems to be finding a balance between the two. Positive emotions expand our awareness and open us up for new ideas so we can grow and add to our toolkit for survival. Fredrickson explains, but people need negative emotions to move through difficult situations and respond to them appropriately in the short term. Negative emotions can get us in trouble, though, if they're based on too much rumination about the past or excessive worry about the future, and they're not really related to what's happening in the here and now. People who are emotionally well, experts say, have fewer negative emotions and are able to bounce back from difficulties faster. This quality is called resilience. Another sign of emotional wellness is being able to hold on to positive emotions longer and appreciate the good times. Developing a sense of meaning and purpose in life and focusing on what's important to you also contributes to emotional wellness. Research has found a link between an upbeat mental state and improved health, including lower blood pressure, reduced risk of heart disease, healthier weight, better blood sugar levels, and longer life. But many studies can't determine whether positive emotions lead to better health, if being healthy causes positive emotions, or if other factors are involved. While earlier research suggests an association between positive emotions and health, It doesn't reveal the underlying mechanisms, says Dr. Richard J. Davidson, a neuroscientist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. To understand the mechanisms, I think it will be crucial to understand the underlying brain circuits. By using brain imaging, Davidson and others have found that positive emotions can trigger reward pathways located deep within the brain, including in an area known as the ventral striatum. Individuals who are able to savor positive emotions have lasting activation in the ventral striatum. The longer the activation lasts, the greater their feeling of well-being is. Continued activation of this part of the brain has been linked to healthful changes in the body, including lower levels of a stress hormone. Negative emotions, in contrast, can activate a brain region known as the amygdala, which plays a role in fear and anxiety. We've shown that there are big differences among people in how rapidly and slowly the amygdala recovers following a threat, says Davidson. Those who recover more slowly may be more at risk for a variety of health conditions compared to those who recover more quickly. Among those who appear more resilient and better able to hold on to positive emotions are people who have practiced various forms of meditation. In fact, growing evidence suggests that several types, including meditation, cognitive therapy, and self-reflection can help people develop the skills needed to make positive, healthy changes. Research points to the importance of certain kinds of training that can alter brain circuits In a way that will promote positive responses. It led us, Davidson said, to conclude that well being can be considered a life skill. If you practice it, you can actually get better at it. In one study, Davidson and his colleagues found changes in reward related brain circuits after people had two weeks of training in a simple form of meditation. These changes, in turn, were linked to an increase in positive social behaviors like increased generosity. Fredrickson and her colleagues were also studying meditation. They found after six weeks of training in compassion and kindness meditation, people reported increased positive emotions and social connectedness. The mediation group also improved functioning in a nerve that helps to control heart rate. The results suggest that taking time to learn the skills to self-generate positive emotions can help us become healthier, more social, more resilient versions of ourselves. Dr. Emily Falk, a neuroscience at the University of Pennsylvania, is taking a different approach. Falk is exploring how self-affirmation, that is, thinking about what's most important to you, can affect your brain and lead to positive, healthful behaviors. Her team found that when people are asked to think about things that they find meaningful, a brain region that recognizes personally relevant information becomes activated. This brain activity can change how people respond to health advice. In general, if you tell people that they sit too much and they need to change their behavior, they can become defensive. They'll come up with reasons why the message doesn't apply to them but if people reflect on the things they value before the health message, the brain's reward pathways are activated. This type of self-affirmation, Falk's research shows, can help physically inactive couch potatoes get more active. In a recent study, inactive adults received typical health advice about the importance of moving more and sitting less. But before the advice, about half of the participants were asked to think about things they valued most. The self-affirmation group became more physically active during the month-long study period that followed compared to the group that hadn't engaged in self-affirmation. The study shows one way that we can open the brain to positive change and help people achieve their goals. Being open to positive change is a key to emotional wellness. Sometimes people think that emotions just happened, kind of like the weather. But Fredrickson says, research suggests that we can have some control over which emotions we experience. As mounting research suggests, having a positive mindset might help to improve your physical health as well. By incorporating these practices into your daily life, you can navigate the healing process with a more positive mindset, empowering yourself to overcome obstacles and emerge stronger on the other side. Number one, acceptance. Ugh, that's so hard, but acknowledge your current situation and try to accept it without judgment. That's the only way you can move into problem-solving mode. Recognize that healing is a process and setbacks are normal. Number two, focus on progress, not perfection. Celebrate small victories and progress, no matter how incremental. Each step forward, no matter how small, is a step in the right direction. And even if you have those days where you don't feel like there's any change at all, remember, listen to your body. It might be telling you, I need a little more time. Number three, self compassion. Treat yourself with kindness and understanding during the healing process. Be gentle with yourself and avoid self-criticism. Number four, optimistic outlook. Cultivate a hopeful and optimistic attitude with the strategies we already talked about. (laughs) Believe in your ability to heal and overcome challenges. Visualize yourself already healed. Whatever your challenge is, imagine you overcoming that. Imagine you healthy, And whole. I imagine myself bending over my garden this spring and planting and digging in the dirt and being on my knees and leaning over and not having any pain. Number five, mindfulness and presence. Practice mindfulness to stay present in the moment and avoid dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. Remember what we said gratitude and worry. Can't happen at the same time. Number six, surround yourself with support. Seek out a supportive network of friends, family, professionals who can provide encouragement and assistance when needed. Number seven, develop some healthy habits. Take care of your physical and mental well being by maintaining healthy habits like exercise, even what limited exercise you can do nutritious eating, we can all do that, and get adequate sleep. Your body needs rest. Number eight, gratitude. Focus on the things that you're grateful for, even during difficult times. Gratitude can help shift your perspective and promote a positive mindset. Sometimes doing a gratitude practice is difficult because you can do it one day, maybe journal it, and then you miss a couple of days, I have a group of three other friends who do a gratitude exercise every morning. So we're on a group text, and every morning, we list three things that we're grateful for. And it's that accountability. You know, even when I don't have anything to write or I get up thinking, oh, gosh, I got to do that, your mind is shifting. Because if it doesn't easily come to you, that's the important part of gratitude. You're digging deep to find it, all the while changing your mindset. Number nine, visualization and affirmation. Use visualization techniques and positive affirmations to envision your healing journey and reinforce your belief in a positive outcome. Today, I am healed. I will have a wonderful day. I will be full of positive energy pushing me in the right direction. Mind, body, and spirit. Number 10, seek professional help. Don't hesitate to seek professional support if needed, whether it's therapy, counseling, or medical treatment. A trained professional can offer guidance and assistance tailored to your specific needs. There's many things out there versus surgery and pain medication, so I'm not stopping my search just yet. And I hope you won't either. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, finding resilience and staying positive during the healing process is essential for promoting overall well-being facilitating physical and emotional recovery, and empowering you to overcome adversity while you thrive in the face of challenges. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. I through until the path was clear That's when I found you How I wound up here